welcome to the first episode of Stories New and Old with me, Alyssa. I've been considering starting a podcast for a while now as a companion to my long-running blog, AlyssaJCorey.com. Over there, I write about a wide variety of topics like history, books, and personal development. So this podcast is a way for me to further convey my enthusiasm for the stories that I love to tell, and I'm really glad you're here. Sometimes episodes will be historical, like what I'm going to talk about today. Other times we'll focus on the best books to read or just stories that are going on in the present that I think are really interesting. Today, we're going to go back in time to learn about the first ever World's Fair. So how did this topic even come into my mind? Um, Something that's important to know about me is I'm obsessed with visiting the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. It's within walking distance of my apartment. I can leave on the west side, walk across Central Park, which is just beautiful, and then show up at the museum and enjoy my time wandering around. So it's a place that I go pretty regularly. One quiet morning, I was wandering around in the American wing, and I came across a painting that was just so different and unique compared to anything else that I was seeing in the gallery. So picture this. It's a painting of a Japanese candy blower. So somebody who has a whole bunch of tools where they're using sugar to create different shapes, and they're surrounded by women and children who are all stopping to watch. Um, It is so cute. There's little babies in the painting. The colors are really beautiful. There's a ton of pattern. And I just wanted to find out more about this painting that struck me as being really different. The painting is by Robert Frederick Bloom, and it was made in 1893 after he had visited Japan to attend Japan's third national industrial exhibition. Um, And the reason that he was interested in going to Japan in the first place was because he had seen the Japanese exhibition within the First World's Fair, which I mentioned at the start. So let's take a step back for a moment and figure out what is a World's Fair? What was the first World's Fair? Um, To give you some context, you may have heard about the World's Columbian Exhibition in Chicago in 1893, because that's the topic of a really wonderful book called The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, which I highly recommend that you check out. And it's a similar sort of event about bringing together exhibitions from all different countries, but this happened even earlier in 1876. So the way that this idea even came to be, it was 1870 and the centennial anniversary of the Declaration of Independence was going to be coming up. So in 1876, like I said, when this event was hosted. And there's this guy named John L. Campbell, who was a professor of mathematics and natural philosophy and astronomy. And he lived in Philadelphia and he was thinking about like, wow, this is a really big deal that we're coming up on the hundred year anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. We got to do something to celebrate this. So he talked to his friend, the mayor of Philadelphia, Morton McMichael, and he said, listen, I got this great idea for how we can celebrate. Let's have a huge exhibition where we have all different countries represent the innovation and the new ways that they're doing things, you know, a hundred years post the declaration. And let's also show that the United States has made really great strides in the last 100 years. So Morton was like, yes, I love it, John, let's do it. But 
how are we going to actually make this come to be within the next six years, this massive event? So what they did was they said, all right, well, the city of Philadelphia, if we're going to host this, we need some support from the U.S. Congress. And so what they did was they had a couple of guys who were involved in this. So just a quick aside on these two guys, because they're really interesting. Um, One was Congressman William Kelly, and he was a friend of Abraham Lincoln's. He was a founder of the Republican Party, and he was the spokesperson for the city of Philadelphia in this process. There was also another guy named Daniel Morrill, and he was the general manager of the Cambria Iron Company, which at the time was the greatest manufacturer of iron and steel in the United States. Um, And this was kind of until there was a really tragic event called the Johnstonstown flood, um, which literally wiped out this plant um, and it killed more than 2000 people. Really interesting, really tragic story. Um, If you're interested in learning more about this, I highly recommend that you look it up or let me know if you want a podcast episode about it. Um, But this guy, Daniel Morrill, he was the one who actually introduced the bill that would be needed to get support from Congress for the event. So the big selling point that they presented was like, hey, Congress, we just need you to like, give us the check mark, sign off on this. We don't need anything from you. We don't need any money from you. So of course, Congress is all right, cool. You go ahead, Philadelphia, have your exhibition, have a great time. Now, as you could imagine, they're envisioning, you know, this massive, massive event. And unfortunately, the people of Philadelphia, they were able to raise a good amount of money, um, but it wasn't enough. They were still short $1.5 million. And so they asked the federal government if they could have the the difference that they needed to, to host the event. And apparently there was some misunderstanding because the exhibition committee, which had you know members from every state in the U.S., they thought that they were receiving a gift from the federal government of this money. But the federal government meant it to be a loan to them. So after the event, um, the federal government actually ended up suing the committee and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the federal government and said, yeah, sorry, committee, you have to repay that $1.5 million that you thought was a gift, but that you actually borrowed. Um, Anyway, I love thinking about how money changes hands, but let's get into the event itself. So the official name for this centennial exhibition was the International Exhibition of Arts, Manufacturers, and Products of Soil and Mine. Um, So as you'd imagine, people don't refer to it that way anymore. That's kind of a long title. So you can just think of it as the first World's Fair or the Centennial Exhibition. And so just imagine this, there's this main exhibition building that was like the center of everything that was going on. Um, And again, it was hosted in the city of Philadelphia. There was an agricultural hall, there was a horticultural hall, a machinery hall, an art hall, which was really exciting because that was the largest um, in the country when it opened. There was a women's pavilion uh, and a number of other buildings that were all around these different themes. Uh, So just talking about that women's pavilion for a moment, because when I heard that, I was like, huh, what could a women's pavilion actually mean? Like, is that just a place for women to go and hang out when they come to the event? Um, But no, it was actually to demonstrate women's contributions. So 
there was a women's centennial executive committee that was part of this planning process. And it was headed by a woman named Elizabeth Duane Gillespie. Um, and she was actually a descendant of Benjamin Franklin, which is pretty cool. And this group pushed to have representation of women and women's contributions at the fair. So I think it's really cool that they were able to, to get this pavilion where everything was focused around women's contributions. So let me just give you a sample. Like I want you to you know, kind of close your eyes. Imagine that it's the 100th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. We have people traveling from all around the globe to come and celebrate with the United States and also for other countries to show off what they've been doing in the last 100 years. And there were some pretty exciting sights. So you're, you know, you're walking around all of these buildings and some of the things that you might see include vendors who are selling bananas. And this was like a huge deal. The people of Philadelphia and the United States were like flipping out because this was considered a delicacy at the time, right? Like you have to imagine that we didn't have the same level of commerce going on and items moving all across the globe like we do now. So I'm just like imagining these people getting so pumped about bananas and they were like serving them um, on sticks, people were using forks and knife, like they didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, so that's something you might've seen. You also would see the first ever steam engine, which is such a huge development in industrialization as a whole, but also just for the world. So that would have been really interesting. You also would have gotten to see Heinz ketchup for the first time. That made its debut at the first World's Fair. Um, and Alexander Graham Bell, he showed off his telephone um, for the first time here, which was, you know, as we now know, so revolutionary. Um, but I can just imagine how it must have seemed like magic back then. The Statue of Liberty was also partially there. So um, the Statue of Liberty's arm and torch were on display while the rest of the statue was still being built in France. Now, when I first started this story, I told you that I was working backwards from that painting that we saw in the museum and that it was a Japanese, uh, it was it was of a Japanese uh, group of people. So what was Japan's contribution to the centennial exhibition of the first World's Fair that like really impressed our friend Bloom, the, the painter? Well, just as the United States was trying to like show the world that there are forced to be reckoned with, you know, this is post-Civil War, we were kind of showing that we're, you know, still, that we still got it together. Um, Japan was kind of in the same boat. They wanted to be well-respected as well. They wanted to show how far they had come in their efforts to modernize. And they were really focused on trying to attract trading partners. So the Japanese kept their exhibition really simple. They demonstrated their eye for design, their quality of crafts, crafts um, and this impressed so many of the exhibition goers, including Bloom. Um, so there were over 10 million visitors, 37 countries participated, and it wasn't just like a one-day thing. It was actually in operation for seven months. These buildings and exhibitions were available to be seen. The first ever World's Fair, I mean, this really set the bar for international celebrations, and it showed how proud and ready Americans were to celebrate this 100-year anniversary of freedom and really trying to come back from the devastation of the Civil War. 
This story um, and the process of how I found out about it from a painting in the Met just combines so many things that I love. You know, pride in America while, of course, celebrating the entire world, all about like money exchanging hands and these new innovative ideas. Um, so I hope that this first episode inspires you to appreciate what people can do uh, when they come together on a broad scale. And check out the work of Robert Frederick Bloom. I love his paintings. Um, I'll link to the Mets website in the show notes so you can see the painting that I talked about. And I'll also link my blog posts that I have on this and related topics. I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation, so make sure you check back for more episodes on little-known history, book recommendations. I actually have some exciting ideas for fall reads or autumn reads that I think will be really interesting, and of course, just like overall fun experiences that I'll be sharing. You can also visit the Back in Time section on my blog, alyssajcorey.com, for more history stories. Thanks so much for listening to Stories New and Old with me, Alyssa. I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.